Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored, presented by Burns and McCoy. I was going to do like a super spooky voice, be like, Hello, and welcome to DeHuff Uncensored, <laughs> presented by Burns and McCoy. <laughs> it's the Halloween special. I'm sorry. I'm in a good mood. But first, make sure you subscribe to the podcast before we get into anything else. Click on that subscribe button and make sure you share it with your friends. And yes, it's the Halloween special. I'm so excited. This is kind of my first, uh, we'll just call it my first special. I've done the, you know, top moments. I've done, you know, it's episode 50. Wink, 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 wink. Oh, it's exciting. But this is cool. I'm very excited to get into this. I have a lot of surprises for you. Uh, at least one. But it's going to be fun, and I can't wait to get into it. But first, do yourself and your family, your friends a favor. Grab some Burns and McCoy. Especially with the holidays, you want to have that extra mmm, uh, And that extra uh, is Burns and McCoy, especially the hot sauce. You put that down on, like, Thanksgiving or Christmas table, people are going to be like, what's this? This is amazing. Oh, my God. You saved the holidays. That's what you can do with Burns and McCoy. But it's not just hot sauce. They got amazing salsas, dressings, mustards, margarita mix, Bloody Mary mix. Oh, oh, oh. you are going to be the king of or queen of the holidays. Burns and McCoy is a family-run business. Their goal is to bring you only the best products made with the finest ingredients. Food should be fun, and they provide that fun with each unique flavor profile they offer. They're available at all grocery stores in the front range, or check them out at burnsandmccoy.com. Now, if I would have been on my game, I would have created a, a Halloween open, but I didn't. I forgot. I was thinking about it. Listen, my heart was in the right place. I just didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't go through with it. Uh, it's been busy around the house. But that being said, let's just get into this because I got a huge surprise that just it, I can't wait to get to. But let's kind of start from the beginning, essentially. Did you know right around over 70% of adults in the United States celebrate Halloween? 70%. That's skyrocketed compared to the early 2000s where it was like, I want to say like 30%, something like that. And it's really weird. A lot of adults love Halloween. To me, it's a kid's holiday. But now that I have children, I kind of look at it as, well, if they're going to get candy, I better get booze, okay? Or whatever your scratches your itch. I'm more accepting now that it is a everybody holiday. I don't really dress up. I have a, a shirt that I'm wearing right now. It's from the Ghostbusters. It's Ray's occult books. <laughs> Ray from the Ghostbusters, played by Dan Aykroyd, the great Dan Aykroyd. I love Dan Aykroyd. love all his movies. And, and you know, that, that that's as much as I'm going to get into right now as far as a costume goes. I just don't see as an adult why I would dress up. Now, ladies, a lot of you guys, when you go to parties, I mean, you totally, let's go 100% slut. <laughs> let's, let's, Listen, you don't go 50% slut. You go 100%. You put that pedal to the metal, you go full <laughs> go full slut, and that's fine. Some, actually, yeah, some costumes, it's just like, okay, <laughs> stop. But I do, I'm not a huge party guy, and uh, we do take the kids trick-or-treating, and 
it's been challenging for the past year or so, but we're still doing it. But it is one of those things where as I get older, I'm more accepting of Halloween. When I was a kid, we dressed up, but it was very, I didn't put any effort into a costume. I would always go as a football player. That's what I would go as, a football player. (laughs) Oh, big deal. Or a football fan. I'd be the kid that went to your door, knocked on the door. I'm surrounded by other kids that are in actual costumes, and I'm the guy like wearing a Barry Sanders jersey. They're like, what are you? I'd be like, I love football. Give me candy. (laughs) That's what my costume was. Or I'm wearing a Steve Atwater jersey. Ding dong. Oh, kids, I see a ghost. I see a pirate. What are you, sir? I'm a football fan. Give me candy. Uh, That's the way it was. There was one year where my sister, who's five years older than me, my brother's only like a year and a half roughly older than me, and we went to a party for my sister, and she went as a prostitute. Her friends went as prostitutes, and my brother got to dress as a pimp. Guess what I got to dress up as? That's right. I was like 10 years old, and I got to dress up as a prostitute. Yeah. Do you think I was happy about that? No. No. I cried my eyes out especially when a young boy was flirting with me. That was a horrible experience for me. Like, I'm still, like, I, ugh, it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> and maybe that's why, right after that, I just did not like Halloween. But ultimately, I think Halloween's a good thing, especially for young kids. It's fun. But kind of focusing on the creepiness and the weirdness of Halloween. Did you know that they have both Freddy Krueger and Jason, how do you say his last name? Jason, from the horror flicks. Uh, Voorhees? I don't watch those Voorhees. I don't watch those type of movies. But anyway, I kind of, I have an idea. But they have their own sneakers. Each pair is right around $50. And then Freddy shoes, of course, they feature red and green stripes, complete with slash marks and blood spatter. As for the Jason shoes, they're black and covered in blood, right? So I I imagine there's some white on there as well. So the blood stands out. And and then it also has the Jason mask and a machete on there as well. What I see with this is, one, it's an opportunity for companies to make money. But it's also that we are so numb to murder. And we tend to celebrate it. This is a good example. We're celebrating murder. And anybody that's had a death in the family, especially due to violence, this is disgusting. But this is like socially accepted. And we we all are numb to it. It's bizarre. If you were to completely remove yourself and really look at it from the stats of what Halloween is, Yes, kids have fun and they dress up as fairies. Like my daughter's dressing up as like a princess fairy, something like that. Adorable. My son is dressed up as Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. Never seen the show, never seen the movie. He just thought it looked cool. But he's a ninja. 
And that's neat. Nothing hor- horrible. But then you have these other people that dress up as like, you know, their heads are, you know, they have like a giant gash on there. And it, while I appreciate the makeup uh, artistry, we are so numb to to chaos and carnage. It's It's quite disturbing. But then it is such a natural part of our lives. I, I'm so on the fence with this because death is such a huge part of life as as sad and disturbing as that is. Like we all know that we're going to die except for me because I imagine that uh, somebody's going to come down with some magical elixir and inject me with it and then I'm going to live forever and I will be the new Duncan McLeod. Okay, right? And I will be a Highlander. And I will walk the earth with my gigantic sword, and I will fight other Highlanders. And eventually, there will only be one, and that will be me. You're welcome for going down that rabbit hole. (laughs) But it is weird that we're so numb to these things. It is also weird that when you think about the paranormal, that we really don't have any solid, legit evidence, scientific evidence. And there's a couple reasons why. One, there's a lot of people that just make shit up because they want to have a story to tell. They want to feel a part of something, be like, oh yeah. Or the or or they just they're not looking at everything. I've talked to, to you guys about this before. That they that everything is a ghost story. Like everything is a spirit. The garage is malfunctioning. Must be must be a ghost. Car broke down. It's a ghost. God damn it. Yeah, maybe. But there's also the logical explanation of just shit happens. Things break all the time. I'm not saying that I don't believe. I'm just saying a lot of times we do need to take a step back when something strange happens and go, is there a scientific reason for this? Is there? What could have happened? Did something fall? And the reason it fell was it was always teetering on the on the edge. And then as you walked into the room, the vibrations of you walking into the room just sent it over to the edge and it toppled over. Is that a possibility? Yes. Is it also a possibility that an entity was in the room and wants to scare the shit out of you for whatever reason? Yeah, I guess. Listen, we don't have evidence one way or the other, really saying. So when I am about to go into these ghost stories that you guys submitted, listen, we don't have any, we have no definitive answers saying one way or the other. It is interesting, though, from a scientific perspective, that we don't have solid evidence saying no, and we don't have solid evidence saying yes. And Part of me wonders, with all this money that is floating around out there, how has some rich asshole not actually gone and said, you know what, let's start throwing some money at this and start researching the shit out of it. Are we scared for the truth to find out that there is or there isn't? Do you want to be the guy that officially proves that spirits aren't real and then you're going to crush the hopes of so many? Would you want to be the person that tells people, like, listen, I have solid evidence. Ghosts are real. 
And here's why. They're all around us. With this technology, I can go in anywhere, blah, 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 and tell you that there are like 10 ghosts in your house right now, just minding their own business or, or whatever. I'm just saying if I was a billionaire, I'd be like, let's fucking do this, guys. This is a great mystery that has been pondered upon forever. What happens when you die? Where do you go? Do you move on? Or do you have to do stuff here? Do you have to get like a passport, a visa to move on? We don't know. You know, we just don't know. And I'm about to get into some stories. One of which is, makes me very proud to get to. We're going to get to that one first because I just, I'm just antsy. I just can't wait to get to it. But we'll talk some more about these. I've been watching a lot of videos on, on the internet of alleged hauntings. And sometimes I'm like, whoa, I, I can't explain that. How did that happen? At, for instance, like uh, pictures moving, things flying off the shelves. The problem I have with a lot of these videos that I see online is, yes, they can be creepy, but here is the problem, is so many people want to be the holders of these, these magnificent findings that they'll do anything and everything to bend the truth. You get some fishing line on there and yank things across the room. You, your computers nowadays... Jeez, my God, the things you guys can do on a computer is mind-blowing, mind-blowing. And that makes me distrust so much. Now, if my parents came out, if my mom and stepdad said, hey, Scott, here's this thing that we, we recorded on my cell phone, what do you think? And it was like shit just flying all across the room, I'd be like, that shit's real. Because I know you don't know how to fuck with a computer. <laughs> right? Right? You all have that person. You might be that person. And that's okay. I would believe that. But the problem is, is you, you get these younger people. Uh, I sound old when I say that. But you get these younger people that are more competent with computers and software. And they're like, I, I just can't trust you. I just can't trust you. And I think that's where there's so many people that lie about it. And there's so many, look at the guys from TAPS, those guys that used to be on Ghost Hunters. They got in trouble multiple times for lying and falsifying evidence. There was a one where the, the guy Grant had a, a fishing line pull up somebody's jacket or might have been his jacket and he got caught. Hasn't been on the show since, I don't believe. I don't really watch that show anymore. After that, like I'm like, God, now you can't trust any, any sort of evidence. And that's hard because I want to believe. But when you fucking lie about evidence, it makes me not trust anything and go, fine, everything's bullshit or the majority of it until I see something with my own eyes. When I see stuff with my own eyes, then I believe it. All right. This is what excited me. So the other day, I was thinking about this special. And I was like, I got to talk to my mom. She has some stories. And I started thinking, I was like, wait, 
the one of the stories she hinted at, I had heard before. Where did I hear it before? Oh, I heard it on my dad back in the day. My dad passed away in 1984. But before that, when he was going to Denver Seminary School, he had to give a testimonial. And what they did back in the day, guys, you had a tape recorder, put in your tape, and you recorded. And then, you know, you you keep the tape. And long and short of it, at one point when I used to work at the radio station, I transferred that cassette tape to digital, to an MP3. So I'm like, shit, I might have some audio of my dad telling some stories about when he got spooked out by some shit that he just could not explain. So I'm like, fuck, we got to use this. So here I am about to give the modern day debut of the one and only Jack DeHuff, my father, also known as John DeHuff. Well, here you go. Dad, you're living on right now, and all these people listening to the DeHuff Uncensored podcast, they're hearing your voice. Your voice hasn't been heard in forever. So, Dad, let's tell your story. One uh, afternoon, I was at work. They heard the door close. They heard the whistle, and it was my whistle. I whistle. Tammy and Susie, our bigger dog, went running down the landing. Susie was kind of in front. Susie stopped. Tammy stopped. Tammy started to scream hysterically. Susie started to growl. Her hackles went up. And by this time, Linda went down. The doors were all closed. It was at this point in time that Linda and I knew we had to do something. I had read the book, The Exorcist. I said, well, maybe we better go see a priest. Went to a priest. He took a look at Tammy. She was suffering with all the symptoms of severe mental shock. She was white as a sheet. She would not talk. She just kind of sat there in a stupor. And the priest said, it looks as though she's seen a ghost. We got nowhere with the priest except for the fact that he says, get a crucifix, hang it on the wall, open a Bible up, lay it out in the room. That doesn't help. And he said, quote, get the hell out, unquote. It didn't help. <laughs> we had at times dogs sleeping with us. I wake up in the middle of the night. He said, what are the dogs doing downstairs? The dogs are sleeping right here. I heard them. There were other times when we would be laying in bed. At this point in time, we were so scared, we were whispering to each other. We hear sounded as if the dog went upstairs or a person would be coming up, up from downstairs or uh, the dog's going down. Wow. And I don't know about you, but I've had that plenty of times where you hear things and you're like, that sounds like somebody's walking. My kids say that all the time. You're like, it sounds like somebody's in the bath or in, in the attic walking. There's no clearance up in our attic really for anybody to walk comfortably. But there's nobody up there. Now, one day we did kind of establish that sometimes when I walk in the bathroom that's in my, my wife and I's room, there's a, what's called an ensuite where it's attached. So, 
we discovered that sometimes when I walk in there or my wife walks in there, it does kind of give that sound as if somebody's walking up there. But then there's been times where they hear that in the middle of the night when everybody's sound asleep. So I'm not sure what that is. I'm not. We thought we had it discovered and, you know, all, you know, figured out. But no, apparently not. All right. So which one did I just play? Oh, God. Did I just switch it or not? Anyway, so here's the next one by my dad. Now, hopefully I clicked on the the right one. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I'm just excited to play this. And this one's a little rougher at the beginning because, again, he's in a room with a tape recorder on. But you can make out what he's talking about. And this one, this one's pretty crazy, especially when you hear what happened to him. Some of the experiences that I went through that I did not talk about in New Hampshire, I had an empty house experience that scared me to the point where, and it sounds funny, but I was so scared, I got out into the truck, I started to cry uncontrollably, and I literally had diarrhea for three days because of my nerves. And the thing that scared me more than anything else, we had a kitchen about this long, okay? I walked down, got the vitamins, walked back up to this end of the room, grabbed the light switch, and mainly checking to make sure I had everything uh, all set because we were heading to the motel. I saw that covered door at the other end of the room, okay? Here I am, I'm looking, literally slammed that hard. You know, that scared me. Because I, before I heard the, um, the uh, whatchamacallit, downstairs garbage sack get uh, moved around as I was coming up. Okay? Question. I tried to duplicate. I tried to duplicate closing the door hard, closing the door soft, closing the door, and walking to the other end of the kitchen. I did how many days? I worked on the days. I could not do all right, so one thing I really appreciate about that, and thanks, Dad, for joining the program. Again, my dad passed away in 1984, so to really come to this point where it was to circle in my life, to give him a voice again and a platform again to speak, and for you guys to hear it, it's a true honor. Uh, I wish it could have been clearer, but it, it, I think ultimately you get the point and you can hear it, and it was really neat to hear that. But what I really appreciate is, especially in that last clip, he talks about trying to duplicate it and not always jumping to that conclusion of there's an entity in the house. And you notice he, he said it wasn't just like for five minutes he did it. He did it for an extended amount of time. So when you get to that point where you're just like, I can't fucking prove it. I don't know what this is. Then, then you go, okay, okay, that is paranormal, and I'm not sure what the fuck it is. Really wild. And the fact that he was so scared, a grown-ass man, so scared, so frightened, that he went back to his pickup truck, 
by himself because they were moved. They were getting ready to move out of the house. And he went back into his truck, cried because he was so scared. And then his nerves were so shot that he had diarrhea. That tells you that, and he, listen, my dad, I, 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 I can't remember what it was, but when Chad Brown was on with us, uh, former NFL linebacker now, uh, also does a lot of things with reptiles. I was explaining to him what my dad's uh, education was. He was very scientific. At one point, he worked for PepsiCo and helped worked on the formulation. He was a very brilliant man, very scientific. And for him to go and say, I don't know what this is. The fact that his scientific brain was going, we have to try to dissect this. we got to figure this out. And he couldn't. That's wild. That makes me lean on the idea that there are so many things out there that we just don't know. And for whatever reason, the powers that be, the people that have the ability to get the answers and invest in trying to get the answers, they're just not doing it for whatever reason. Probably because they don't feel that there's enough money involved in it. That bothers me. Some of the other stories about that that I didn't put on there because the audio would get muddy at times is uh, he was talking about how when they were trying to move, they were having trouble with the movers because uh, they were getting movers were getting freaked out. Is there would be grocery bags of like clothes and stuff being tossed around in the basement, freaking out the the movers, like the. My dad used the word, there's, it's an hour and a half long testimonial. We used the word poltergeist. My sister seemed to be a, a huge target of that. Uh, you heard the one where the very first clip where he talks about how it was something was mimicking my dad coming home, closing the door, and doing his whistle. If you got a special whistle, that would freak me out if all of a sudden I heard that. Now, something I can compare that with, and I've shared this story with you before, was my wife was at work. At the time, I was working at two different places in radio. I worked in the morning as a traffic reporter. Then I was later going to go into the fan and go do some, I think, the games. It was like an avalanche game or something like that. But I remember coming home in between. I would go home, take a nap, or do whatever. And I remember, I didn't have kids at the time, and I'm down here on the main level, right where I'm about at right now. And I hear my wife from upstairs, what is now my son's room. At the time, it was like a craft room. And I hear her go, hey, babe. And I'm like, hey, and I walk upstairs to see what she's up to. She's not there. I'm like, huh. Because as I was walking up the stairs, I'm like, I don't remember seeing her car. How did I miss that? I'm like, that's weird. Get upstairs, nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because I heard that clear as day. 
My dog heard it because his ears and his head tilted and perked up like, oh, shit, mom's home. She's already upstairs. That's weird. Go up there. She's not there. I text her, and literally about two minutes later, she's home. She comes home anyway. She was on her way home. How do I explain that? The only way I could, you would, somebody could explain that is if they said, and they're listening to my story, and they're like, well, probably you were tired, and you thought you heard her. Well, how does that explain the dog's ears perking up and him acting as if he heard it too? Okay? It'd be very easy to push that off and say, hmm, yeah, you're probably just tired, which I get, yeah. But it's not like that was an ongoing thing of me hearing things like that. I think the the next time that I heard something was like a couple months ago. So there was a big span of about 10 years of me hearing things. And I heard something in the kitchen as I was washing up the dishes. And it sounded like it was my wife or my son trying to scare me by going, bah! That's what it sounded like in my ears. But nobody was there. Everybody was outside playing. So I don't know how you explain that. What's interesting is I've, I played that audio for you, and it's on my YouTube channel, to Huff Uncensored. And I played that audio back, and I'm like, that, does, that didn't really sound like it did in my head. On the video, it's more of like a... But in my head, it sounded more like a... I don't know. Not like that's a huge difference, but in my mind, it's a bigger difference. So that's interesting stuff. So we'll get into some more stories. So maybe you tell me, what did I hear as far as when I heard my wife? That is the creepiest thing is if something's mimicking that bothers me because that's somebody pretending to be something they're not. And that is troubling to me. And I know I have other examples of that, but I just can't think of them as of right now. Um, I, I know there was a time in our basement where my, when we have a camera down there too, where my son went down there. This is like two years ago. He went down there to do something. And he was going to go play. That's what, duh, he has toys down there. He was about to go play. Then all of a sudden, he runs upstairs, scared out of his mind. I'm like, what's wrong? What's what's the deal? What's going on, dude? He's like, I heard somebody call my name down there. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it sounds like it came from over here. And I look at the video, and I kid you not, and this shit pisses me off. So the video, I have the video of him entering the room, fine, and then the video just freezes, and then next thing you know, you see him running up the stairs. So I I have no evidence of him, of whatever it was uh, that allegedly said his name. Creepy. It was something talking to my children. I don't like that. All right, so let's get into some stories from you guys. And thank you guys so much for, for sharing your stories with me. This one's coming from 
Wendy. Wendy's a big-time listener of the show, and I really appreciate her. She sent this in. She's all, it's not super creepy, but totally a ghost story. Her husband, Eric's grandpa, came to talk to him in his sleep the night that his grandpa died. When he got the call the next morning, Eric already knew that he had passed. That's wild. Wow. That not that something like if you were going to, if you, if and when you, I should say, when you pass away, if you're able to say goodbye like that, I think that's, it's special. Not everybody gets to do that. So I think that's kind of a neat story. It would be kind of creepy as a kid. All right, this is a long one. This one comes in from Jesse. Jesse, another huge listener of the podcast, and he's been he's been there from day one, so I, I really appreciate it. Just like all of you guys, whether you're from day one or you've just jumped on the program, I really appreciate all of you. All right, this comes in from Jesse. This is his story. A few years back, I had a dream. Or did I? It felt real. It felt like I was wide awake. You see... I have a sleeping disorder where I sleep only a couple of hours at a time. So for me to wake up on occasions throughout the night, that's basically normal. I had gone to bed late that night, and like clockwork, I woke up and went to the restroom and went straight to bed again. I thought. I thought I had gone right back to sleep, and then I heard a creaking noise. I remember opening my eyes and picking my head off the pillow to find the direction of sound. I didn't hear again or see anything, so I tried to go back to sleep when an awful feeling came over me. It's that feeling when it feels like someone is watching you or that something is near you and you can feel the presence there. So I lifted my head up again and looked around the room when I spotted something in between the gap of my old big screen TV and my restroom door. My heart started to race and all my focus went there as a figure walked slowly from the gap. I didn't have the fear of an intruder, but a fear I felt before on some long walks I have taken late at night fear of an evil presence. I just kept saying to myself, it's a dream. I'm dreaming. I started to pray, and then I could feel the presence move closer. I didn't hear steps, but I could feel it closer to me. I peeked and saw the figure again standing between the wall where my window and the edge of my bed are. It looked like a man in white, in a white suit jacket, and a black shirt. Its face looked distorted, and its hair was parted to the side. I stared at it a long time, my heart racing, and he stared back, but it didn't say anything. I quickly went back to praying and to, this has to be a dream. When I felt the presence get closer, 
I looked again, and it kneeled next to me and said, Do you know who I am? I replied, Yes. And he said, Who am I? I wasn't afraid for some reason. I said to him, You're the devil, and I'm not afraid of you. And I said, I believe in God, and Jesus will protect me from you. I then closed my eyes and started praying even harder, and I could feel him get up and step away. I looked to where he had been kneeling, and he was gone. I looked to where he first appeared, and he wasn't there. I immediately tried to wake my wife, and she told me to go back to sleep. I know a lot of people don't believe in heaven or hell, God versus the devil, but I know that night wasn't some ordinary dream, but it was indeed an encounter with the devil. That's from Jesse. That's a very interesting story, Jesse. Let's look at this from a scientific perspective because it's because that's what people are going to nitpick first. You could have been sleeping, okay? I'm not trying to be a dick here, Jesse. But that's what it could be. That's what people are going to push this off as. Oh, he was sleeping. He has a sleeping disorder. He's probably, uh, you know, delusional. And he thought that, but it was, it, was, it was one of those dreams where it just seemed so real. It just seemed so real. But it wasn't, okay? Especially because the distorted face, that really triggers me, blah, 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 blah. But then the other part of me is like, okay, there's two ways to look at it. The, the thing never acknowledged that he, he was the devil. This is the comical side of uh, my take on this, Jesse, is who the fuck do you think you are? Do you think, honestly, the devil's going to really mess with you? How important do you think you are, Jesse? Huh? Huh? Oh, the devil wants to mess with you? Mm-hmm. Good for you, Jesse. You must have some brass balls. That devil's like jelly. <laughs> He's peanut butter and jelly of you. But that being said, it, uh, when you look at it from a supernatural perspective, most likely I would say it wasn't the devil if I'm going to go lean heavy on the, the supernatural side of this. So I'm going to say it wasn't the devil. It would be something more, not necessarily, it would be leaning more towards the more of a demonic presence. Uh, not to say it wasn't on the kind of caliber of, I guess, the devil, but I would say that it would be something similar to that, but not necessarily the devil himself of what we believe the devil is. What really happened, we will never know. But I will tell you this, it's real as shit to Jesse. And that's really hard to sit there and discount. You're like, Whatever, Jesse, you're fucking crazy. It, I didn't have the experience. I guarantee you, when Jesse thinks of this situation, that he gets chills. And it bugs him a little bit. Because he remembers that night. He remembers the details. However long ago it was, he remembers these details. So who am I to tell him that it wasn't real? It's not right for me to say that. I can go either way on this one. I've told you I've had creepy dreams. I told you that I had that moment 
where the sleep paralysis and I'm like, is it is it a scientific reason that I was exhausted? Probably. Or was it an entity that was pushing down onto my chest as I slept and scared the shit out of me because I couldn't speak? And I tried my hardest with all of my might in my body, in my soul, everything. I tried to scream out for help to my wife who was sitting right next to me in bed or laying next to me in bed, and I couldn't. And eventually I fought through the, ah, Brandy, wake up. And she's all, motherfucker, you just woke me up. <laughs> the, that seems so real. But then when I did research on it, it was like I was severely exhausted from work. I was hardly sleeping at all. And that is something that they have proven that can happen is sleep paralysis, where your body, when you go to sleep at night, you have something that triggers your brain so you stop moving. And what can happen every now and then is that that can get, that switch can stay down, but you wake up and you can't move. So that is what they call sleep paralysis. But it seems so real because in a sense, it is so real. You can't move your body. You can't speak. As far as, as, far as Jesse's story, he could have been sleeping. It could have been one of those dreams that just seems so real. It could have been a similar thing as, as, as my sleep paralysis. It also could have been something that was really fucking there, trying to fucking scare him. We'll never know that truth. Never. But at the end of the day, that is the truth. That is what happened to Jesse, no matter what we say. All right. This one comes in from Russell, and Russell actually supplied me with some pictures. Because when he sent this to me, it had just happened two nights prior. So here we go. Said, okay, I got one from two nights ago. So a little after midnight, my dog Hank, a 65-pound pit bull rescue used in dog fighting, mind you, stands up in bed and starts growling. He's not a growler. He kind of lets you know loudly he doesn't like you, so his hair is standing up. He's growling jumps off the bed and starts walking down the hallway towards the living room. I jump up and grab my revolver from the nightstand. I don't keep it loaded, so I go and get the bullets out of my dresser while I keep an eye on the hallway. I see my dog slinking back down the hallway with his tail between his legs. Never have I ever seen him that way, so I am convinced someone or something is in the house. This makes loading the gun even harder. Finally, I get it loaded. Look down at my dog who was suddenly not there. Look up, and this badass beast is cowering in the fucking closet. I tell him to get his ass the hell out and come with me because I'm not going out there alone. <laughs> we get out to the living room, and nothing. 
Check the guest room. Nothing. Outside. Nothing. Go into the kitchen. Nothing. All doors are locked. So I decided to make sure I locked the door to the garage. That's when my dog stops. He stops and turns his head away. He won't look at me. So, of course, I had to check the fucking garage. (laughs) I go out. Everything looks normal. Truck is outside, so nowhere for anything to hide. There's nowhere to hide in the garage. Then I look up. Now, my house was built in like 1700s or some shit. By the way, this is all his writing. I'm not ad-libbing. <laughs> there is no drop-down attic ladder. There's a hole about two feet by two feet. Covering the hole is a two foot by two foot piece of drywall. Or at least it's supposed to cover the hole. On this night, however, the piece of drywall was pushed up into the attic and split in two. It's exactly how it would look if someone or something bashed their way up and into the attic. You know, only like nine feet off the ground with nothing to stand on. So I do what any rational person would do. I pretend like I didn't see it. I locked the damn door and waited in my bedroom until sunrise. Never found anything. All main doors and windows were locked. Nothing in the attic. Dog was fine. Like nothing ever happened. And then he sent me the pictures, because in, in, as he says, uh, to prove that I'm not making shit up. So I'm going to post these pictures, too, on my website, dehuffoncensored.com. And to his point, so keep in mind, it's nine feet off the ground. And the piece of drywall that's up there is pushed up, and it's in kind of like a triangle form, pushed up. Okay. I don't know how that would happen. If I'm sitting here trying to give you an idea, there was nothing in the garage. There's no animals. The garage door wasn't open. So how the hell did that get pushed up and busted that way? If the garage door was open, I'm sure somebody out there would be like, well, obviously it was a gust of wind that just went whoop. Right there, and it was centralized right in the middle of the drywall. Yeah, okay, bullshit. But the garage door is closed. I don't know how the fuck to explain that shit. And would the dog freak the fuck out? Boy. <laughs> I would not be happy about that. That's the, By the way, that's what I like to do. If, if I hear a noise, I'm like, I tell my dog, all right, you're coming with me. And he he goes with me if we ever hear anything. He's my guy. Because my wife's not gonna. <laughs> She's like, just tell me what happens. <laughs> like, okay, get your phone ready just in case it is a burglar. But uh, yeah, that's a great story, Russell. And again, I'll put those pictures on dehuffoncensored.com. And if you click on the drop-down menu, there's a catch-up button. So you can catch up on all the episodes. And when you see this episode, that's that's where those pictures will be. But boy, holy shit. I don't know how to explain that one. 
I don't. I guess you could say, as far as the dog goes, he probably, you know, heard something and he just got scared, just like a human does. But how the fuck do you explain the drywall? You can't. When you add that to the equation, okay, then everything is just, that's just spooky. I don't, I don't know how you would justify that it gets split like that up. Don't get it. Good, good one, Russell. Thank you. All these have been great so far. All right, we got some more coming up, including one from overseas. We've got a listener from overseas, and we'll get to his story. But first, since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with premium cannabis products at low prices. With online ordering, you can order quickly and conveniently. For up-to-date products and promotions, head to TerrapinCareStation.com or come visit one of their six convenient Colorado locations. They have an incredibly friendly and professional staff who will help you find the cannabis products that are right for you. Whether it's one of their dispensaries or just around town, you'll always feel welcome and well cared for. You're free to be you at Terrapin. Not just because you love weed, but because at Terrapin, leave Weed loves you back. Terrapin, flower to the people. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. Want to book a party during football season? There are 18,000 reasons to pick the Blake Street Tavern. That's how many square feet we have on the corner of Park and Blake. 18,000 square feet, three bars, and a beer garden with a 6 by 10 foot TV. And our food and underground social games when we're voted the best in town by Westward Magazine. If only the men of Orange's quarterbacks checked that many boxes. It's the Play Street Tavern, where Denver watches sports. All right. This one comes in from Andrew Dexter in Wales. So he didn't actually send me the story. He sent me a message on uh, Twitter saying, hey, have you heard about the ghost of Gladstone Villa? So I looked into it, and I found a podcast where they had discussed it. So I just kind of took some brief notes and I'm probably not going to do it justice because the letter that Andrew Dexter originally sent into the other podcaster was just like well-written, well-written, amazing job. But I'm going to kind of go through some of this stuff. So it was in 1969 that these occurrences started happening. And I want to say that's right around when Andrew was born. So his family was already living there. And it was a former mining city. Okay, so there's some history there, however you want to look into that. A lot of bad things happen in mining towns, especially back in the day. So now there's this, well, there's homes built there. And in this particular home that he lived in, starting for as a baby, I want to say he lived there for like, I forgot to take the notes on this, but it was like seven to eight years, something like that. So he was in there a good chunk. But they would hear tapping constantly, always hearing sounds of things dragging in the other room or above them. There was a, there was a moment where it sounded like someone was jumping down from the attic onto the main floor. So a big <laughs> jump down. When they went to investigate, the entire family went to investigate. Nothing was there. One morning, the mom was going to wake up the father 
so he wouldn't be late for work. And when she entered the room, she noticed that the ironing board was rested upon the father's chest as he slept. The dad wakes up and he's like, what the fuck is this? He thought that the, the grandfather or somebody was pulling a prank. But grandfather just denied, 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 did not do that. Electric cables were constantly being pulled. Lights were going on and off all the time. Record players would do the same thing. They would just all of a sudden turn off. There was a moment where the police were called over to investigate to see if there was anybody up in the attic, and they refused to go up there. They didn't want to go up there. They are scared out of their fucking minds. There was a time where a monk manifested itself. They found out later that there was a monastery nearby. A lot of history on this. They would hear loud bangs all the time. Just boom! All the time, out of nowhere. There was a, a point in time where Andrew was sitting on a bed. And all of a sudden, it, it felt as something just jumped up on the bed next to him. And he looks over and he sees like paw marks from like a dog putting his paws up there. They heard babies crying. They would constantly sleep with the lights on. Doors would open by themselves. Listen to all those things that were happening. That place is now called Red Park Hotel. And Andrew went back there uh, I want to say for his 50th birthday, something like that. And he started talking to the staff, and they're like, yeah, that stuff, essentially all that stuff still happens. Loud noises, lights going on and off. Wild. It's hard because some of those things I'm sure you could chalk up to the house is settling or wind or whatever. Baby crying? I guess you could say that, listen, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just trying to look at it from the scientific perspective. Maybe with a baby crying, with the way sound can travel and bounce, is if somebody had a baby outside or a neighbor, and somehow, some weird way, things aligned perfectly where you get the sound in your house. And that can happen. Yes. I can hear my neighbors uh, across the street super clear, like they're on my front porch at times, depending where they're at in their house, if their windows are open. It can happen. That being said, I look at all these things, and it would be, hard to justify all these things and chalk them all up to a scientific explanation. And the fact that the new hotel that is there now is still having the same fucking things, I would chalk that up as legit as shit. It's fascinating. I would love to go there. All right, this story comes in from Matt. So when I was a kid, about seven or eight years old, I was living in a house in Denver. That house had a lot of crazy stuff happen in it, but the craziest for me personally is when I was 
in the basement playing. I had to go to the restroom, and before I could step in the bathroom, I felt an evil presence, kind of like a cloud of evil right in the doorway. So being a terrified little boy, I peed from the doorway. Quite impressive. As I turned around, the fluorescent light bulb that was securely in place came down and smacked me in the back of the head. I had no idea until my twin brother saw the blood running down my face. At the sight of it all, all that blood, he began screaming, pointed at my head. So, of course, I touched my head and saw the blood. It took six or seven stitches to close my wound. You would think the story would end there, but it doesn't. A few days later, with guidance from our church, my mom was down in that same bathroom trying to chase off any evil spirits that dwelled there. As she began her cleansing of evil spirits, the leftover fluorescent uh, tube light that was hanging there from when it hit me in the back of the head started to sway back and forth. It didn't scare her, but it Instead, pissed her off. So she yelled, In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I command you to leave. The broken light bulb stopped swaying. That was one of the final things that happened. That was one of the final things that happened. Yeah, that's what he said. Sorry. After that, we moved on from that house on Hazel Court. Interesting. I will tell you, there's been plenty of times where I've walked into a room, a place, and you just feel a presence. And you're like, there's something here. I don't know what it is. I'm drained all of a sudden, or just I just get that sense of, I need to get out of here. That happened to my wife and I the other day, because we were rolling around the idea of possibly moving. So, you know, you start looking at some other houses, and we go to this house. We're looking at it. It's a huge fucking house, nice house. And we go into the basement, and then all of a sudden, it's just like I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, there's something not right here. And then, I, then my wife, she's like, I got to go. I got to go. And she, somebody was trying to talk to her, and then she's like, I'm sorry, I got to go. And she just got upstairs. I'm like, yeah, kids, we got to go. <laughs> like, I'm feeling it, too. I didn't say anything to the realtor. I was just like, we need to go. We need to go, 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 go. So they're mad because the kids just wanted to play and look at cool stuff. So I was talking to my wife later, and she's like, dude, there's something down in that basement. In that. And the basement's finished. It doesn't seem like a, like a dark, menacing basement. It just had this feeling down there. You're like, there's something here. I don't know what it is. So we both were just like, fuck that house. Fuck that house. Not liking it. It just still was one of those things. And then after that house, I was like drained the rest of the day. And it took me until almost bedtime. So I want to say like five, six hours before I felt normal again. And I, that's where it started. Now, something that you could chalk that up to as far as feeling that, 
would be something like an electrical current or some sort of magnetism that's in that area. That could just be a hot spot for that. And what it does is it messes with your with your brain, your mind, and how it works. And that could honestly be why you get these moments of dread of just these like, ooh, something's not right. It could be. Could be. Let, let's be honest. I didn't do enough research on that. <laughs> so I don't know. But the, it could be something like that. I wouldn't doubt it. Okay, but that being said, the fact that my wife and I felt it, but the kids didn't tells me that there's probably something going on, but who knows? Who knows? So going back to this incident with the light bulb, first of all, the fact that you're peeing from the doorway into the toilet, I'd really like to know the dimensions (laughs) of where the, you know, the the door is and where the toilet is, because that's pretty fucking impressive. Probably didn't even hit the toilet. Probably just pissed on the floor. (laughs) Way to go, dude. Way to go, Matt. The fact that he drew blood, that worries me. And I'm glad that they're out of that place. But holy shit, that's scary. And good for the mom. That's something I've just noticed. Like the moms, they get into that mama bear mode. And it's like they don't give a shit if they can see it or not. They're going to fucking throw down. Good for her. Good for her going in there and defending her kids. That's that's crazy. My wife will do that. She's like, she you better watch out for her. She if she is goes into mama bear mode, better watch out. Whether you're an entity or real life human being, she will fuck you up. So those are some great stories that came in. But it also started making me think about these local stories. And I'm sure every everywhere you live, you've heard of some mysterious place. And we got some over here. So Cheeseman Park is a famous park in Colorado, in the Denver area. But before it was a park, it was the Mount Prospect Cemetery. It opened in 1859. The cemetery was a popular burial spot for Denver which was a new booming city at the time. But by the 1880s, Mount Prospect fell out of favor with Denverites and had become an eyesore. The city of Denver's solution was to transform the graveyard into a park, which it planned to do by digging up bodies and moving them to different locations. Things were slow going at first, with only 700 of the 5,000 bodies being moved in the first couple of years. Jesus. To speed up the process, Denver officials hired an undertaker named E.P. McGovern to move the remainder of the bodies and paid him for every coffin he moved to make as much money as possible. McGovern dismembered an untold amount of corpses and added various body parts to different coffins. Reports of dismembered bodies, parts, and open coffins caught the eye of city and Denver officials, and McGovern was fired. Okay, Historically, people look at McGovern as a monster. 
but the city of Denver can also be blamed for what they did next. Instead of transporting the remaining 3,000 bodies, it removed any above-ground traces of the burial sites, built the park, and collectively whistled and walked away, as this writer wrote. So Cheeseman Park is an existing park that people go to all the time. And there are still 3,000 bodies-ish buried there beneath your feet, and you're just walking around on top of them. It is a hot spot for hauntings, tons of paranormal activity. I have heard from people that I know that um, have seen stuff, seen just random figures walking by, nothing menacing, but just enough where you're like, fuck forgot this place is haunted how wild and how shitty of the city to just go you know what it's just fucking easier to just build over top of it disrespectful to all the people that were buried beneath but that's a wild story and it's true that is true as far as what happened that's documented because some of these things that you hear these these old tales of like growing up over here, this happened, this happened, then you try to dig it up and then you're like, as far as the truth, like, no, there was never, you know, this or that that happened there. This is just an old wives' tale. All right, so Riverdale Road is actually just down the road from me. I've lived here a long time. And people allegedly see a ghostly jogger some people hear a heartbeat if you stand there in the middle of the night. It's probably your own fucking heartbeat, but I'm just saying. Allegedly, some people see bodies hanging from trees. A phantom Camaro. Ultimately, just bad vibes. But here's the thing. For all these people that suggested these stories to me, not one person actually said, I've seen this or I've witnessed this. It's all people getting the story from something else and going, I've heard that, this, and that. The only person was my neighbor Jeff who said, his name is Jeff. Uh, he was talking about that he remembers, he never saw anything, but there was a certain point where you just get a bad vibe. Just like bad, like, ooh, geez, we should probably leave type of thing. But that's essentially it. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I've lived here. I've driven down there at night. I, I used to drive there uh, sometimes in the morning when I would go to work. I would leave at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Never once did I see anything. It's a big stretch of road. But that's the thing. is like I just never saw anything. And I'm just chalking that up as an old story. But it will it'll be around for a while. Because so many people are just locked into it saying that it's haunted. But I just, I have not heard an actual person say, this is what happened to me. Okay? I'm a dick. I'm saying Riverdale Road is not haunted. Watch. After I do this, then I'm going to encounter, like, you know, a phantom Camaro flipping me off or some shit like that. Like, fuck you, man. I listen to the podcast. <laughs> Most mountain towns are thought to be haunted here in Colorado because you think about all the, we are talking earlier about the mining 
uh, mining towns and stuff like that. You think about all the deaths that occurred on a regular basis as the gold rush occurred here in Colorado. Don't mind all the fucking burial grounds here or just where people were slaughtered, all the Native Americans. That's everywhere. So you look at the mountain towns or just, yeah, I could totally see those places being haunted. I, my a good friend, Scott Hastings, did a an old investigation uh, when he worked for KOA. And they went up to Georgetown, Colorado, and they are doing some investigations. And he remembers at one, I think it was him, he was walking down the stairs into this establishment. It was like just a basement. And they had a couch down there. And he thought one of his buddies was sleeping on the couch. Turns out, as he's walking down, the thing, he's like, oh, that must be Andy taking a nap. What a lazy shit. And then the head, the person turns and looks at him, and it's not Andy. And then it just disappears. Fucking freaked him out. Horribly scary. Horribly scary. But things aren't always ghost-related when it comes to frightening things. Yeah, is it demonic? Is it, is it just a, a lost soul? What is it? What's going on? But then what are, what's, more, what's more frightening? Ghosts or aliens? NASA chief Bill Nelson talked UFOs and extraterrestrials. Now, I know what you've seen is what those Navy pilots saw in 2004, and there have been some 300 sightings since then. And I've talked to those pilots, and they know they saw something, and their radars locked onto it. And, and then all of a sudden, it was here on the surface, and then it's there. Uh, and they don't know what it is, and we don't know what it is. We hope it's not an adversary here on Earth that has that kind of technology. Uh, but it's something. And, uh, and so this is a mission that we're constantly looking. What, who is out there? Who are we? How did we get here? How did we become as we are? How did we develop? How did we civilize and are those same conditions out there in a universe that has billions of other suns in billions of other galaxies? It's so large, I can't conceive it. It was suggested to me by many different people. They did want your comment on what you think the fighter pilot saw. I think most people saw that 60 Minutes uh, piece, and there were a lot of newspaper uh, pieces about whether or not it was Russia or China, or perhaps more likely uh, some extraterrestrial intelligent beings. Uh, what is your theory? What, you've heard a lot of options. Which one do you think is the most credible, if you can choose? My personal opinion is that the universe is so big, and now there are even theories that there might be other universes. And if that's the case, who am I to say that planet Earth 
is the only location of a life form that is civilized and organized like ours. So he's basically saying shit's out there. Be ready. Right? Like, wow. That's the chief of NASA, Bill Nelson. Kind of freaks me out that he was so nonchalant. Just be like, yeah, that's, listen, my job is space. What the fuck, man? Guys, you think that we're the only ones here? Come on. Wow. And you hear celebrities all the time coming out. People made fun of Baker Mayfield when he was talking about uh, that he and his wife saw uh, uh, a UFO and it ended up being that other people saw it too. And that's what needs to happen because I think the more you talk about this stuff, the more people are going to come out and be honest and be like, listen, I saw that too. Uh, and I think that's a good thing uh, because then it, it also tells you that if, if, if more people are coming out to say it, then I'm more likely to believe it. I'm still hesitant on this stuff, but like Miley Cyrus, you got to trust anything Miley Cyrus says, right? She was saying that she was driving through San uh, Bernardino, Bernardino with her friend and got chased down by some sort of UFO. She says, I'm pretty sure what I saw, but I'd also bought weed wax from a guy in a van in front of a taco shop, so it could have been the weed wax. <laughs> At least she's honest. Okay, that makes me believe her more. But the best way to describe it is a flying snowplow. Interesting. It had this big plow in the front of it, and it was glowing yellow. I did see it flying, and my friend saw it too. There were a couple other cars on the road, and they also stopped to look. So I think what I saw was real. She said I was shaken for like five days. It fucked me up. I didn't feel threatened at all, actually, she said, but I did see a being sitting in the front of the flying object. It looked at me. We made eye contact. And I think that's what really shook me, looking into the eyes of something that I couldn't wrap my mind around. That's crazy to me. Because I know, like I was saying, like the whole idea of ghosts and stuff like that, like if you are sitting there staring into the eyes of whether it's an alien or a ghost, that's going to fucking shake you to your core. You're talking about my dad who had diarrhea because he was so scared. A grown man, frightened to his core. We're going to put a bow on this here in a second, but everybody knows Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton. They're amazing. And everybody knows Total Beverage has an incredible selection of beer, wine, and spirits. But did you know they deliver? They do. And again, I tell you all the time, my neighbors just the other day, across the street from me, they got a delivery. I'm like, aha, yes. They must listen to uh, the Huff Uncensored podcast. I did, it, it's, it's awesome that they deliver, but did you know they also do curbside pickup? I love that idea. And did you know they do online wine education classes? Online wine education classes. That's really hard to say for me. Stop on by 104th and Thornton or on Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself 
Or you can always find weekly deals, events, or even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need and more. All right, so wrapping this whole thing up, it's fascinating. I love it. I think let's look at the beginning of this when we're talking about the how we all celebrate Halloween. We all do it a little differently. I, I appreciate it, as in I think it's more of a fun thing, but it is kind of sad when you look at the idea that we're very numb to the idea of death. While it is a very important part of life and we all are going to die, obviously, with the exception of me, because I will be injected, as I said, with an elixir of immortality. And again, I will conquer all the other immortals and become the only one. Long live Duncan McLeod. It is sad that we do kind of celebrate the carnage of bad people, murderers, death. I'm all for dressing up as like princesses and slutty nurses. That's fine. But it's really, I have a hard time with that. As somebody who has lost a friend to a murder, my best friend, Bryce, who was murdered back in the day, that, that bothers me. Somebody slit his throat, and I have a hard time with that. Now, that being said, I don't expect everybody to stop what they're doing and go, hey, who am I offending today? Because just about anything can be offensive. So I'm not going to stomp my feet and go, hey, this needs to stop. I love the fact that I was able to play audio from my father. That was just an unexpected treat for me. I don't know if you guys appreciated it, but me personally, I just thought it was one of the neatest things ever that I could do. And... um yeah, I don't need to keep talking. I'm going to start crying. But I thought that was kind of neat. It's just didn't know that that was going to happen when I went into starting to plan this special. So very cool. So thanks, Dad. There are a lot of ghost stories. I like the one from Wendy where she was talking about how her husband was visited by his, his grandpa the night of his death. And Eric actually knew that his dad had passed away the next day when somebody tried to break the news to him. He's like, I already know. Grandpa told me. How crazy. You got Jesse being visited by some sort of demon or some evil presence. Was he dreaming? It was a very real dream if it was. Maybe it was real. It's real to Jesse. You got that guy that with his uh, scaredy cat dog, there's a big ass tough dog that were scared shitless because something busted that entryway into their attic in the middle of the night, busting that drywall up. I don't know what that was. I don't know how to even describe that, of how that could be possible. Very interesting story. Andrew Dexter in Wales, thanks for reaching out. Crazy experiences at the Ghost of Gladstone Villa, which has now changed its name. So it's called Red Reds Park Hotel. And apparently there's all those activities 
all those things that he remembers as a child and hearing the stories and seeing them firsthand for himself, those are all still basically going on at the hotel now. Wild. And then the light bulb one, that one kind of bugs me because it's like, yeah, I guess technically it could have been just the light bulb falling and it hit him. But if it was an entity that was that did that on purpose, he had like seven stitches. Are you serious? That's freaky and good for the mom for standing up for her kids and good for her for being able to move. It's not always easy to move. If you ever get the opportunity to go to Cheeseman Park, go do it because that is a wild fucking story. Kind of freaky. Kind of freaky. Go spend the night there. See what happens. <laughs> Let me know. I'm not going to be there. Fuck that. Riverdale Road in Thornton. I call bullshit on that one. I just don't... I don't have any first-hand experience. I, I just... And anybody that's told me anything, they're, they're just like, yeah, well, I heard. NASA. The fact that NASA is like saying that UFOs and ETs are essentially... Yeah, like, duh, no shit. They're real. <laughs> duh. And the fact that Miley Cyrus backed it up, that that is a feather in their cap. So it's very interesting. I'm trying to think if I if I missed any stories. Uh, I was telling I told you guys that one time that there was a same area in my house where uh I heard my wife's um voice addressing me. Uh, that I want to say like a month later or something. It was a good, decent amount of time between the events, but I was home alone with our dog, and he all of a sudden just slowly slinks up the stairs, and his hackles are up, and he's just growling. And he's looking right on to where my son's room is. Or there... Both their rooms are right there, so I'm not 100% sure if it was in his room or not. But he's like staring, just locked in, and he will not budge. And I slowly walk up the stairs behind him because I want to know, like, what the fuck does he see? What is it? And he is just standing firm. And then I'm like, Cole, you okay, buddy? Like he fucking speaks English. Then he stops and he looks at me like, like, dude, bro, I'm locked in. Then he looks back and then all of a sudden he's just like relieved because whatever it was is gone. So I fucked it up. I'm pretty sure I fucked up his whatever. I don't know what he would have done, but it was crazy. But what I did at that moment is I sat down at the top of the stairs and I addressed whatever was in this house. And I said, this is my house. You are not welcome in this house. You are dead. Leave. Get out. Not welcome. If you see a light, go towards the light. But motherfucker, get out. Be gone. 
I said to him, and I said, please, in the name of Jesus. I said, I raise my hands to the Lord and to the heavens. Get the fuck out of this house. Be gone. That's what I did. No, I didn't do all that. But you get the point. Don't be afraid to talk to, if you have an experience, don't be afraid. Because, shit, what the hell is it going to hurt? If it gets whatever's bugging your fucking household out, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Do you guys ever see shadowy figures in your house? I used to a long time ago when I was younger in the house that I grew up in Broomfield at. Nothing that I could ever pinpoint. There was one time I saw a shadowy figure on the wall as if something was, because where my bed was, at the foot of the bed, like five feet from there, um, it was a laundry room. So the light was on in the laundry room, and I'm doing something on my bed. Not inappropriate. But I was playing on my bed, and I look at my wall where the light from the laundry room was, and I saw like a woman walk past. And I quickly turned around, and I'm like, I'm the only one in the basement. Fuck. (laughs) And there's no way, based on the basement, of what could have caused that. So I'm like, fuck. And it, it walked towards the stairs. So I'm like, I don't want to fucking go there. I'll just cover my, <laughs> I just put the covers over my bed and then just probably cried myself to sleep. It's crazy. I remember, I'm going to share this story. I remember when I was, a, I, I don't know about you, but I cannot sleep with the closet doors open. And growing up, like it bugs me at night. My son will sleep with the closet doors open. He does, does not care. But I always, and I think this stems from when my dad died. I remember we all were like sleeping with my mom. So I was five, my brother's six, and my sister was 10. So my dad just died. We're in this house, and one of his old shirts was in the closet, and it just fucking freaked me out. I'm like, oh my God. It's dad, and he he's a zombie. <laughs> I just, it, as stupid as that sounds, but I was five, and I didn't know any better, and it scared me. Now I just like I cannot sleep with closet doors even cracked. They got to be closed solid. It bugs the shit out of me when my kids are like, eh, just leave it open. Like no, no, <laughs> can't. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Halloween special. I said Halloween funny again. But I really appreciate you guys interacting. Thank you guys so very, very much. And and thanks for being a part of this because I got to share something super special with you. And again, I didn't know that was going to happen until about a day ago. And that that's really neat that I was able to share that with you. And um, if you ever have any more ghost stories... I don't mind reading these during the middle of, you know, July. I don't care. I like these. These are fun to get into. So if you ever have a weird experience and you want to share it, hell, I'll read it. I'll start making it a, a common thing. Be like, hey, guys, we got another scary story. Let's let's get into it. Let's see what happens. 
I like that. Because sometimes there's scary shit that happens and you're just like, am I alone on this? Or am I freaking out over this? Is there an, an obvious explanation that I'm missing? Because sometimes when you're in the thick of shit, you just can't think properly. So, yeah, if you got something that you want to run by us, hey, we'll help you out. We're the DeHuff Uncensored podcast community. We'll listen. We'll give you our feedback. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. Uh, hope you have a great day. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you share this one, especially because it's the Halloween. But uh, people are going to be wanting to, you know, listen to shit. And this is, I thought, was a fun experience. Thanks to Burns and McCoy. You guys are amazing. Thanks to Blake Street Tavern. They're at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. Again, Burns and McCoy by, yeah, going backwards. Burns and McCoy. Go to burnsandmccoy.com. And then uh, Blake Street Tavern. They're at 23rd and Blake in downtown. Amazing food. Amazing atmosphere. Total Beverage. Go to totalbev.com. And Terrapin Care Station. Go to terrapincarestation.com. That's spelled T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Be safe. And if something freaks you out, pass it along. Go to dehuffoncensored.com. There's an easy way to connect with us there. It's Dehuff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.